Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, and I run a consulting firm called Ezra Group, where our goal is to help our clients make better technology and business decisions. So I'm excited about this episode. It was recorded on my mobile podcasting studio at the T3 Enterprise Conference in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Trying something different with this episode, we shook up our usual format, and I pulled in a group of the most interesting comments from the people I interviewed at the conference. It was a lot of fun, got to do a lot of different things, a little shorter format. Um, I interviewed people from technology firms, data analytic providers, as well as broker-dealers to get their take and their opinions on the latest trends and industry updates. I just listened to this episode and it came out fantastic. I hope you agree. So let's get the show started. I'm here with Nick Graham, Chief Technology Officer for Cambridge. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about at Cambridge and in your role is obviously overarching technology and everything that goes on and all the advisor technology and client technology. So one of the things you're working on diligently is your approach for how you integrate all this technology. So can you talk a little about how how it's different for Cambridge? Cambridge has a a mandate to be as flexible as we can to the demands of the incoming advisor. And the way we do that from a technology standpoint is I don't fixate on a closed technology stack. I build from a systems engineering standpoint an architecture that allows me to have a multitude of offerings that I can support from the advisor that's looking to transition to us. Um, So I have a good, better, best type philosophy that I take with potential third-party products or solutions that I'm crafting for our business owners. And much of the design work is around trying to achieve real-time data synchronization. Uh, Much of the architecture that we historically have had in this industry has been a lot of batch or a lot of static APIs. I've been driving our infrastructure, our relationship with partners with their own ecosystems to try to expand on what we can do from a, a data synchronization that happens wherever data is being updated. So you'll see this with many vendors like eMoney, uh, one of our partners. Uh, they have a model where you make a change for something as simple as a CRM type of an event with a name and an address. That populates all that I have with inside of our product called Click, and it also goes out to the rest of my integrations simultaneously. Uh, vice versa, whatever we would do naturally as part of our updates and maintenance or any administrative actions that we do inside of our system of service goes out to all of those partners. Uh, reducing the burden of dual entry for the advisor, improving the consistency of data across all the systems, and from a standpoint of having consistent information correctly represented, we're trying to improve the quality of what the advisor has to interact with. So coming from someone like myself with a background in computer science, when I hear, my ears pick up when I hear systems engineering standpoint. <laughs> so you, you talk about, I guess in layman's terms, not, this is, I don't want to get too deep in the, in the technology weeds here, but we can go on, I'm sure, about how you built your architecture and thinking about different adv- ways advisors are going to view the technology. So there's two big tenants to be able to achieve that goal. One is we have a strong data governance model that we're instituting at Cambridge. Mm -hmm. Uh, We consolidate and curate a lot of that data so it gives me the widest possibility for how I would integrate to a new system or a new service. Um, And then the method of integration is now taking the publisher-subscriber type model, Mm -hmm. the DDD type 
a environment where you have a domain-driven designs, and that is something where uh, I'm able to do event-based updates to whatever the systems uh, that I'm integrating to, mm-hmm. or take event-based uh, changes and populate them to all subscribers to make sure everyone's aware of a change. Uh, that reduces the big bulky static API approaches. Mm-hmm. This makes it much more timely as a delivery, mm-hmm. and it also generates a good log history so I have good mm-hmm. abilities to manage any error corrections or be able to replay activities if you have system outages and things of that nature with my partner. My guest now is Robert Sophia co-founder and CEO of marketing automation firm Snappy Kraken. Lots of exciting news. I saw you guys had a press release. You have some new board members on your for your company. Can you tell me about these unknown people you brought onto your board? Yeah, hardly unknown, and that's really uh, much to our benefit. Yeah, so we, we have uh, three new board members, mm-hmm. uh, two that are very well-known in our space, uh, one who's not so well-known in this space but has a tremendous wealth of experience. So uh, we've got uh, Aaron Klein, uh, CEO of Riskalyze, who uh, most people know well. Uh, his experience in uh, growing and scaling a SaaS business that serves advisors uniquely well. Uh, it's going to be invaluable for us. Uh, also, we have Marty Bicknell of Mariner Holdings, who has mm-hmm. personally invested substantially into our company um, in his experience, of course, uh, in the RA world. Well, I didn't know that. He, he invested. He did, yeah. Our, our last round, Marty led that round through his uh, Bicknell family holding company mm-hmm. and also through a venture capital fund that he uh, uh, is a majority shareholder in. So uh, Marty's been a, a big supporter behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and now he's going to be uh, an even greater player on our board. And then uh, third, we have uh, Thad Langford, who's from Flyover Capital. They invest mm-hmm. in technology companies outside of the major tech hubs. And uh, Thad sold his former business to Google. He's a, a very seasoned investor mm-hmm. um, and software guy. So the, the three of them together are going to really round us out beautifully. So I find these type of money guys don't really understand our industry. So how did he find you? Yeah, Thad? Yeah, well, you know, Thad's an associate of Marty's. Mm -hmm. So they actually jointly own the Flyover Capital Technology Fund. And so that's how I got introduced. It actually all started with the Scratchworks Mm -hmm. uh, investment program, which uh, you might have heard of. It was was, uh, launched at Barron's in Mm -hmm. uh, 2017 or 2018. Mm -hmm. Uh, We participated in that. Uh, We got a a small investment from a number of well-known RIAs, Mm -hmm. uh, all in the top 100. Um, And those RIAs, then the relationship started. Marty was one of them. And as they learned more about our company, their confidence grew in what we were doing and their desire to help Mm -hmm. us more. And that's sort also sort of a not just a benefit, but it's an endorsement by people who are not just money people, but who know the industry. Yeah, I, I would be reluctant to say that they've endorsed us. I would let them say that, but it certainly feels like a nice. Endorsement. Well, putting money on the line is yeah. an endorsement. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. definitely an endorsement. Right. So they, you know, they've they've been tremendous in both the the money and the strategy mm-hmm. and the doors they've opened and the contacts they've helped us make. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just good partners. Yeah, I do a lot of uh, reading and research on on funding and startups and. You hear these star- startups getting money from people who have no ben- There's no way they can benefit them except with money. But you really want to have that combination of money and inf- not just influence, but connections and, and advice. Oh, absolutely. And especially when you're focused uniquely on one niche mm-hmm. and, and you have a depth of understanding, the last thing you want is somebody coming into your business uh, with any type of interest that has any control and then promoting ideas that really won't fly in our industry because, well, it worked for dentists. Well, that doesn't mean it's going to work for financial advisors. So... Uh, you better make sure you have partners that understand. Mm. 
And one of the areas I wanted to talk to you about, I'm really interested in your marketing automation platform and your technology. And you were mentioning how you are expanding your enterprise offering. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we, we have expanded it substantially. And uh, there, there will be some releases soon with some very well-known uh, large RIAs and other firms that are, are using our enterprise platform now. Um, the, the vision for that platform is to really empower enterprises to help all of the advisors they support market uniquely. So, Craig, you know this. The, the majority of the marketing platforms out there, they have one base of content, and that base of content gets used by tens of thousands of advisors, mm -hmm. and it really undermines differentiation. So Snappy Kraken's retail model has been based on the fact that we sell individual advisor territories to make sure that they're not overlapping each other with the same advertising in the same markets. and. Instead, they can be unique in their market, which is Because that could be a major turnoff for, for a client to get the same email, the same article from two advisors. Big time. It's like, hey, I, I work with this advisor. Now I get this from another advisor. Do you guys work together? Are you in the same office? Well, no, we just use the same marketing company. Mm -hmm. It really undermines credibility. So that's been our retail model. What we're doing now is we're translating that to the enterprise model, and here's how we do it. We set up a version of our platform exclusively for an enterprise. We mm -hmm. white label it for them. And then we both create custom content for them, and we allow them to create their own content and put it on the platform. And what that does is, you can imagine if a, a company has a certain value proposition, a certain approach to planning, a certain uh, philosophy, they can include that in their materials, and only their advisors in their network who are captive can use that content. And so in that way, it becomes a one-to-many approach. So an advisor uh, who they're supporting can just log into his platform that they've provided to him, and they can launch whatever campaigns that have been provided with their personal firm branding, their personal firm contact information, and so forth. And then, at an enterprise level, you have all the data, all the analytics on all your advisors, what's working in what markets, and you know which email subject lines are getting the most opens, and which landing page headlines are getting the most clicks. And now you become a smarter enterprise, and you can say, okay, we market this way for our advisors, here's our platform, we control it, you get it as long as you're with us. It becomes a recruiting advantage and a retention advantage because the advisors that are looking to them for that support come to rely on it and then they don't want to leave. I'm here with Aaron Bauer, Head of Strategy for Investment Wealth. One of the things uh, that was I was excited about earlier uh, early in the year, and I wrote about it on my blog, was the Money Guide acquisition. Huge deal, and one of the things I wrote on my blog was, uh, it's all about data. So tell me about the, the data behind the acquisition and how you're leveraging that. Yeah, so that's a great question, Craig. I think that uh, we've recognized the need and usefulness of data um, and um, how that can be leveraged within an advisor's practice. Um, the combination of the InvestNet platform um, being able to uh, uh, bring information from various investment strategists into the fold to help inform better investment decisions, coupled with um, all of the data that comes from Money Guide that helps inform and make um, helps align the conversation between an investor and advisor, um, and 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 that's all kind of brought together by the, the Yodli data, so client permissioned information that helps drive um, better outcomes for investors. It helps give kind of a balance between the immediate 
um, client needs. So things like budgeting, um, things like uh, uh, balances uh, or, or a balance sheet, uh, personal balance sheet. Mm -hmm. um, so the immediate kind of needs that are day to day versus the long term goals and uh, outcomes that uh, investors are trying to um, to achieve. And so historically, those two things have been fairly bifurcated, mm -hmm. um, two different ends of the spectrum. Um, and we think that the combination of uh, the planning through Money Guide and Yodley for client permission data um, helps bridge that gap and um, allows for a better experience for the investor and um, an aligned conversation with the advisor. Because we think that a lot of times what ends up happening is um, what is missed between an advisor and an investor um, are, are the things that are unsaid. And so this helps bring to the forefront those things that might create conflicts, may, um, you know, it, it's kind of like we've talked about fact finders all the time and like having an investor participate in the process and help drive the process themselves through um, through Yodley on the permissioning and then also through um, the blocks through Money Guide, uh, sure. I think will be um, really impactful and help drive meaningful mm -hmm. conversations. I was going to use the word conversations. It's all about how to help facilitate those conversations because some advisors just aren't good at that. Well, you know, and it's, it's also a really sensitive topic. I mean, so... The, the client's coming to the advisor, the advisor's coming to the client, talking about finances. Those are very personal conversations. Mm -hmm. They're personal, they're private, they're things that many people don't like to speak about out loud. Mm -hmm. So um, providing tools that help enable those conversations in a, I don't want to say non-threatening, but um, because it sure. shouldn't be threatening, but a non-threatening way. Um, more engaging. More engaging, gamified. Um, I think all those things help. Um, the, the more transparent and the, the, the fewer barriers to having an open dialogue that can be provided, um, the better, the more likely that you'll come up with a, a good end result. I agree, and a lot of advisors need that kind of help. And they don't really, they don't even know they need it. My next guest is Christine Shaw, CEO of Investment News. So, Christine, the new CEO of Investment News, what are some of your biggest challenges? So I really like to look at it as what are the biggest opportunities. Or opportunities. Yeah. yeah. And so... Investment News is known for our ability to deliver cutting-edge, accurate, trusted journalism. Mm -hmm. And so the challenge and opportunity is to continue doing that in the way we're doing, but to also use technology as an enabler mm -hmm. to be able to get more effective engagement with our audience mm -hmm. and have better conversations, more in-depth conversations, and to continue to deliver the content not just in the way we're used to doing it, but to have more strategic insights that we believe we can do through technology enablement. So give me an example of some technology you think would enable deeper conversations. Sure. So a lot of what we do uh, in publishing is we publish our content on a CMS system. Mm -hmm. Which and is a Content CMS? management system, mm -hmm. excuse me. And that's how we produce our content mm -hmm. online. And a lot of times what we want to be able to do is figure out what the reader or our audiences are really interested in and want 
to hear more of or engage with the content more of. So we have technology stacks available to us that are what we call CMS neutral. Hmm. That, but depending on the stack of technology, and some of that is proprietary as in it's our secret sauce, right? It provides us audience insights, audi audience identity, hmm. and by, by having those types of technology stacks, we can then have um, better decision making on the content, what we do more of, the depth of content, how we're um, paginating that on our pages, mm -hmm. and the, and the output of, of that will be better, a better experience for the readers. Better experience for the readers and better insights into behaviors and also for our advertisers. Which is good for everyone. It is. And yes. one thing I like about investment news is the data. You've got Absolutely. great data on broker-dealers. I know I use it all the time when I'm going to doing reports or doing uh, some of our an analytical work. So tell me about the data and how that important that is to investment news. Thank you for that. The data is critical, and in fact, if you look at sort of strategically as both an industry from a media standpoint and um, at the advisor, data and analytics has to be at the core of what we all do. So we have developed a data dashboard, and through our technology stack that we're building, it's better insights and also access to that data. Um, so we consider that to be our premium content, but it's also the insights of that data. So it's one thing to have data and to collect data mm -hmm. and to report it. It's a whole other proposition to be able to mm -hmm. use that data in forward looking um, and trend based so we can deliver insights and trends to mm -hmm. our customers as well from having that sort of data. Super important to have that. Because otherwise you're kind of flying blind. Exactly. So what's one of the biggest reasons you've come to T3 this year? So it's interesting because this industry is going through a similar, um, a similar navigation of the tools required. One, to make advisors to be more effective at their jobs and using technology to help, but also there's a lot of talk about the CRMs being used here, Red Tail being one of them, mm -hmm. a few others that you see. And the idea is that you're making a CRM specific to the their audience needs, which in this case is the advisors, and you're creating a better customer relationship with those people mm -hmm. um, and your ability to understand their unique needs and how to communicate more effectively with them. So for me, coming here, well, one is about meeting the people and learning some of the um, challenges and pain points, pain points excuse me, that the industry is going through and also participating in some of the key conversations. One of our top journalists that covers technology, Ryan Neal, is here. He hosted a roundtable uh, mm -hmm. with a lot of the CTOs and CIOs that are here from the exhibiting companies this week. Scott Victoria, CEO of Trade PMR. So what are some of the, the new technologies you're seeing advisory firms adopting these days? So we're really focusing on, on automation internally. Um, so, so where we're taking two systems, specifically at Trade PMR, and connecting them through, through automation, specifically screen scraping. So uh, taking those processes, we're estimating that uh, when, we, when we launch it here um, in the next month or so, uh, to save about 20% of uh, processing time that's manual uh, internally. I think that'll definitely be a value add for our um, firms our, and our client firms. Um, and, and I think it's something that they can take away 
uh, and look at and embed within their own firms for onboarding, data entry, et cetera. So that's, that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have uh, what's actually uh, a little gimmicky at, at first, but I think uh, does have some weight uh, looking in the future that we're uh, uh, having as a, as a prototype for our developers to engage in, and, uh, and that's voice AI, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Siri, Alexa, those virtual assistants, so uh, we're looking at that. We actually have a working prototype to, to, to give account, oh, nice. uh, yeah, account value and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we do launch um, our APIs um, next year, our new generation APIs, we can actually embed that within them and offer it to our client firms mm-hmm. uh, using our application as well as uh, the client-facing uh, client portals mm-hmm. um, of the future, more excellent. retail application. That's excellent. So are those the voice AI, is that for advisors to use or clients to use? So, so we envision actually both, uh, both, right? So mm-hmm. right now we're, we're seeing it more in a retail base mm-hmm. um, with over 100 million devices uh, that Alexa alone has, has sold yeah. um, by Amazon. Uh, we really think it's, it's going to take on. Uh, we don't think it's actually resonated in the business world yet. Um, mm-hmm. That's obviously to come. And uh, so we're definitely uh, investing heavily in that. That's great. That's the kind of stuff that could set you apart from other custodians. We think so. We're, um, we're, we're actually consciously focusing on developing code and, and feature sets that uh, actually uh, to be able to, to ingest voice commands. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something, again, that's not live necessarily in the very near future, but something that we're setting us uh, up to do uh, w- when that becomes more mainstream. So let's go back to your, your other comment where you said you think you can save your clients 20% of their processing time by reducing manual processes that they would they'd normally do now? So, so that was internal. Um, that is our internal Oh, you're internally, okay. Correct. Um, and, and I think that uh, the, the comment that I made was, uh, I think if we apply those same principles of automation to our customer firms, they can take mm-hmm. that away. And, and so that was a practical mm-hmm. application that we saw internally, and I think um, advisors can leverage, whether it be onboarding yeah. or otherwise. So it's great you can take your own experiences, your own best practices, and push them out to the field, Correct. to your clients, and share that with them. Correct. Exactly. And that's what uh, tomorrow's session is going to be about, um, mm-hmm. obviously going, going over and, and speaking what we've done, but also displaying um, different topics and different areas, rather, uh, where they can focus on and, and see if automation really resonates with them. My guest now is Jason Stipp, Director of Product Management for Morningstar. I love some of the stuff that you guys announced at the conference. Big announcement, this uh, new product called Goldbridge. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so Goldbridge is new software uh, that we just launched. It's in Morningstar Advisor Workstation, but it'll also be available to to be connected to other enterprise portfolio accounting systems. Uh, It's very simple what it does. It allows advisors and clients to sit down together, create goals, um, it puts some money behind those goals, fund those goals, then create an investment plan for each goal based on a suggested asset allocation mm-hmm. and get a proposal out. So it's connecting investment planning to goal planning and ending in a proposal in about 30 minutes or so. I love that idea. And it's always bothered me for years that why is financial planning data in a, in a silo, kept separate? And everyone just seems to accept that. 
right? And why isn't it integrated with the end-to-end -end, uh, advisor experience, which includes investing? Yeah, so one of the things that we've heard is there are a lot of financial planning uh, software out there. There are integrations, and Morningstar has integrations with, with a lot of the financial planning software providers. That's great, but we do know that there's a lot of use cases where someone doesn't need a full financial plan, but they still have goals. So we wanted to be able to extend our investment planning capabilities, which advisors have used for years and years, and put it in a goal context. Let's collect some goal details and then move right to the investment plan in one workflow. Hmm. And do you see that as a, as a game changer? I think that it, it's, um, we like it because the integration of the two is straightforward, hmm. it's simple, um, it's the investment planning piece is what advisors are already familiar with from hmm. Morningstar, sure. and now they can do that with additional goal context. So, hmm. you know, game changer, I, you know, I would hope, I hope that it changes the game day to day for advisors. I hope it changes the way they think about planning. Yeah, I hope so too, because the, the fact is that their clients are asking for this stronger connection, right? It's not mm -hmm. just about, did we beat the benchmark? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what, what is our investment objective? It's, mm -hmm. are you on track for your goal? And we think that setting up mm -hmm. clients and advisors with this workflow will set up those later conversations, make them more meaningful. And also, they need to monitor the goals. That's it's not right. just a one-time plan and put it, in the, put it on the shelf and never look at it again. That's right. So we don't have that piece yet. That's mm -hmm. what we're working on right now. So we, what we debuted here at T3 is the uh, goal, goal planning and investment planning and proposal workflow. Mm -hmm. But we are hard at work on what does that goal progress dashboard look like. And because advisors and clients set goals together, make trade-offs together, we think the client's really going to be set up with the right expectations mm -hmm. to stay in a plan and be mm -hmm. successful, have a great outcome. And that's really what we want because that's our mission. Indeed, and advisors now, I mean, advisors are used to the advisor workstation product, mm -hmm. which has got proposal built in, Yep. and to all the great Morningstar research. So now it's sort of built into one end-to-end -end process. Yeah, that's right. So I think when you, when you look at how we see the advisor industry changing, you know, advisors in the early days offered just access to markets. Mm -hmm. Well, suddenly that wasn't, you know, that was commodified. They were then, just distributors. Right, right. And then it was investment picks. I'll get you in the best investments mm -hmm. or, I'll, or I'll get you, you know, extra alpha. Um, but, you know, then indexing came along and then mm -hmm. investing for different needs came along and asset allocation models came along mm -hmm. and robos came along. So increasingly these parts of the value that advisors used to to um, set out there as differentiators started to become somewhat commodified. So now sure. advisors need to add more value in other ways. And we think planning and keeping clients on track to reach their goals is one of the big areas where advisors can prove their value and add a lot of value. And this workflow is helping with that. So we're hoping that this helps advisors carry it forward and add more and more value for clients. Indeed. And one thing you mentioned on stage during your presentation was how you believe that you see, we all know the advice industry is changing. So how will this software help that? Yeah, so I think if, if you, you know, if you think about in the past when uh, advisors would make investment plans, they're going to, you know, put you in, a, in suitable portfolios. It might be aggressive growth, it might be preservation, but that doesn't mean anything to clients, right? So if clients want to have confidence that what, what they're doing... What does aggressive mean? Right, and, and why would I be in mean? that, and how would it get me to my goal? And then the performance reports are all what, what happened in the last quarter, mm -hmm. right, against the benchmark for this kind of portfolio. Um, again, not particularly meaningful for clients, and then mm -hmm. at the first moment that markets take a tumble, it's hard to keep clients focused yes. and engaged on what they need to do. Sure. So we think that this workflow will set up the right expectations. Clients mm -hmm. take risk deliberately because they can for different mm -hmm. types of goals or they can't for other types of goals. So we think that this will set them up better for success and also prove the extra value that advisors can add in behavioral coaching. And I'm here with Brian Boynar, 
the Global Solution Marketing Manager at Highland Software. So one thing I'm interested with your company, you guys are big into robotic process automation, and I see that really sweeping the industry and become, being a big differentiator for a lot of firms. How, how do you guys approach that, and what's the advantage of using your software, your technology in, in the RPA space? Yeah, the awesome thing is we just came into a partnership with Blue Prism, mm -hmm. which has been doing RPA for a while now. So we're going to integrate with their solutions and provide solution offerings that help our cost customers automate many of the, some might say, mindless tasks that many wealth management firms have to do, whether it's uh, tasks a part of client onboarding, whether it's tasks a part of uh, data aggregation or file updating mm -hmm. um, or client repapering. Uh, so we're, we're going to be able to use uh, the RPA solution offerings uh, to be able to automate those tasks so then uh, customers, employees can focus on the much more strategic activities uh, than those mindless tasks like I mentioned. Well, everyone needs onboarding. Definitely. Everyone does across the board. Yeah. And everyone, so, so with onboarding, how does your solution help with onboarding to make it more efficient? So we uh, boast uh, very robust and advanced capture functionality hmm. that we're able to, whatever it might be, obviously uh, in the financial services uh, industry, specifically wealth management, there's tons of documentation, whether it's uh, guided by regulations or just know your customer uh, type of information. So mm -hmm. we're able to take all that documentation and we're able to capture it through an automated process and then bring it through into a a case management workflow type of solution uh, that provides this aggregated view of the key uh, data points that our customers uh, tell us about uh, into one view so they can understand who their customer is uh, very quickly and then it also helps when the customer or when their end user calls them and they have to work with their customer uh, they can uh, view this data and understand who they're speaking with and how to help them out much more quickly uh, than if it was manual or in the file cabinet. Awesome. Is this mainly for RIAs or can broker-dealers use it too? No, our, our customers span uh, complete wealth management industry. So hmm. RIAs definitely, uh, private equity firms, institutional firms, hmm. a variety of different uh, groups within wealth management uh, do use this today. Uh, we have been in the uh, space for about 10-ish uh, years and we have a, a good amount of uh, customers using our product. Excellent. And repapering is something that every firm has to do. So how do you yes. handle that and why is it easier to do it with this kind of software? So in, in the repapering process, you know, clearly when, um, when brokers switch firms, um, they go through this transition where uh, it's, it, there's a lot of difficulty with it because there's a lot of sensitive, sensitive areas to it. Right. So uh, in, in helping them uh, repaper themselves, we're able to provide these automated processes mm -hmm. that speed up the time spent in uh, capturing uh, the broker's information, but also who that broker has worked with in the past. And what do you do with that? So how, if when you're knowing who the broker's worked with in the past, how does that help you? Yeah, so basically we're able to take that information. Uh, again, it goes back to that data aggregation. Um, something that we're very good at is aggregating this data through our uh, RESTful API. So our, our product, our solution, our product OnBase is able to hmm. integrate with a variety of CRM systems as well as applications, core hmm. applications. Uh, we're able to integrate through a RESTful API. And in doing so, 
our uh, on-base platform speaks with these systems uh, back and forth, and we're able to show this information. So we scan the documents in that come with the broker. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we scrape the data off the documents, and then we uh, compile it into one view uh, for not only the internal company, but external customers as well. So that sounds like a very difficult job if you're having to go through all this different documentation and all the paperwork and pull the data off that. Yep. Uh, uh, great. Uh, thankfully, our, uh, our product, our solution offerings, uh, do it automatically. So hmm. all we do in the beginning in implementation, uh, we speak with our customers on what data hmm. points they care about the most, right. what data points are going to provide them the most benefit, the most um, value, hmm. and then we, uh, we code it in a way where it will pull only those data, data points uh, into the screen that they're viewing. Let's take a quick break from this episode so I can share with you some information about a charity that I really support, and I think you will like it too if you look into it. It's called Invest in Others. Invest in Others is a charity, a charitable foundation, that focuses in investment advisory, financial services, and they recognize individuals and firms that are making a difference by donating donating their time and money to causes that matter to them. It's mostly financial advisors who they focus on and their charities. Uh, I'm part of this uh, organization and uh, help them out a lot, and I found out a lot about these different charities and how they're helping communities, not only in this country, but around the world. There's a lot of things that the Invest in Others Foundation is doing that I think you should look into. Uh, some of their award programs, if you go to investinothers.org, they have an annual gala that you can uh, donate to. You can look at some of the finalists who won different awards and what their charities are if you want to donate to them. You can also, uh, uh, not sponsor, but you can uh, recommend an advisor you know who um, spends a lot of time with a particular charity to uh, be nominated and to win one of these awards, which comes with uh, a decent amount of money that would really make a difference to many different charities. Uh, so please check it out. It's called investinothers.org. And we're here with Linda Gu, Head of Sales and Marketing for Supernova. It's great to have you. And I'm really excited to talk to you because uh, I'm interested in your products, the products mm-hmm. of Supernova. Mm-hmm. And what I find that's unique about you, very different than most of the vendors at the conferences I go to, is you focus on, on liquidity and credit side. Yes. So tell me more about how you guys do that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Supernova is a financial technology company. We're headquartered in Chicago uh, with about 100 people. What we do is we provide a wealth management solution, uh, encompasses a end-to-end digital lending solution, as well as a full loan servicing capability, uh, as well as a consulting services that helps uh, companies to educate and train and drive FA adoption. Uh, so through our cloud-based digital technology solution, we connect the banks uh, wealth management practices such as broker dealers as well as investors uh, to democratize access to SBL to 
broader um, uh, group of uh, investors, uh, enabling financial advisor to really deliver holistic, uh, goal-based advice encompassing um, both sides of a balance sheet and build a deeper relationship uh, with the customers and in that process allow uh, financial institutions to capture bigger economics uh, as, as an outcome as well. I really find that fascinating because it, it's really a gap in the market. There's not a lot there. and it, Well, there isn't a gap. It's, it's very common on the wirehouse side uh-huh. or the really higher net worth side. But are you bringing that down to, say, the mass affluent or the other net worths available to most advisors? Exactly. Yeah. If you look at the history of uh, SBL, the wirehouses have done amazing job in educating their FAs and making the product accessible to their ultra high net worth individuals. Mm. And they've invested millions and millions of dollars to really build that in-house technology platform to deliver that digital experience. However, if you look at beyond the wirehouses, uh, SBO is accessible to very little um, uh, investors beyond those with relationship uh, uh, with the wirehouses or largest broker dealers uh, because, A, it is extremely complicated when you want to offer something like SBL, right? Mm-hmm. If you are a broker dealer, you want to offer SBL, mm-hmm. A, you first of all have to find a capital provider to really fund the SBL product sure. itself, and B, is you need a technology capability to integrate it with other third party institutions mm-hmm. uh, and, and very few broker dealers has that type of uh, in-house capability yeah. and beyond that you also need to have a, a very robust and digital technology platform to really allow the digitization of uh, this process mm-hmm. right so we know some companies who offer SBO today who go by a very manual um, a cumbersome process mm-hmm. which sometimes can take uh, three weeks for an application to get approved and if you think about it you as an investor, when you need the cash, can you wait for three weeks mm-hmm. before you get access to the cash? The answer oftentimes is no. So our digital platform really accelerates the speed of uh, uh, taking an application through the underwriting process, getting the application approved. On the same day, we have actually a customer who can uh, approve an application in as little as 10 minutes. So think about the cycle time reduction and speed to access to cash from an investor perspective. On top of that, Supernova has uh, defined a proprietary risk methodology uh, to really add uh, that data analytics um, on top of uh, the data we capture as part of our data warehouse. And we visualize that through visuals uh, and surface them through data dashboards to the FAs and to the individual investors, as well as a a variety of other uh, type of uh, roles within financial institutions, such as loan officers who typically needs to review and look at application and prove application, and risk officers who needs to be aware of uh, what's going on across my loan book, and are people using the product uh, responsibly, um, and and give people early warning signal about uh, if they are borrowing too much and the actions should be taken to mitigate any potential uh, collateral call. I am interviewing Ryan Beach, Chief Operating Officer of Orion Advisor Services. Let's talk about some some stuff here. What do you see, uh, you know, Orion, super uh, excited about Orion being here. You guys have such success uh, in the industry bringing a lot of advisors into the 21st century or, and even beyond. So what do, you got, what do you see as the challenges, the biggest challenges facing advisors today and how Orion is helping them overcome them? 
Yeah, so I think one of the biggest challenges in our industry today is, um, you know, the ability and the need to treat um, uh, clients like individuals. I think um, too often in our industry, um, it's uh, too much one size fits all. Um, and treating clients like a risk number or um, finding out what their financial capacity to bear risk is, but not really digging any deeper. Um, and what I think you know, financial capacity to bear risk is really, really important and uh, the underpinning of any successful uh, um, investment advisory relationship. I, I also sort of think it's one dimensional. Um, and I think that um, we're very much focused on um, giving advisors the tools um, to treat um, clients like individuals. Um, and using technology to scale that. Um, you know, historically, the challenge has always been, you know, it's it's possible to treat um, a client like an individual, but you know, it's very time intensive and um, um, takes a lot of effort um, on uh, behalf of the advisor. Um, so we're very focused on giving advisors the technology to do that at scale. So you talked about financial capacity to bear risk. So does that lean into the, uh, the your recent acquisition of the advisor? ADVIZR software that's going to really help you in that area? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the reasons that we were very, very interested um, in Advisor was because um, we think Advisor does a great job of taking all the complexity out of financial planning um, and all of the, um, um, the time investment and uh, shortens that time investment you know, considerably. You know, it's it's great um, intuitive um, system for both advisors and clients to use, and so it allows the uh, advisor and client to end at that financial plan um, much faster and much more intuitively uh, than some of the other solutions on the market today. Um, and so, we think that you know finding out what the advisor's goal or what the client's goals are, um, you know, is critical. You know, to to that individual uh, focus on them. So, that that's one of the things that we're doing. That's great, and I was I was impressed with the advisor purchase. Uh, I've been following them for quite some time, and I'm excited to see what you guys do with that and how you integrate it into your. I mean, you guys have so many different modules that are so well integrated, mm -hmm. but can also be bought separately. Yep. But so, why did you guys see that uh, as a need? Well, I mean, if every advisor has access to these tools, whether no matter which financial planning tool it is, why did you see it necessary to? buy this to integrate it and why is that going to be a better experience for advisors you know I, I, I still think that even though there there are lots of um, financial planning tools out there um, and available um, I still think that there's a lot of advisors who aren't using them um, you know some of our research indicates that you know 30 percent of firms you know have no planning technology in place today you know and out of those firms that do have financial planning um, in place and a solution in place today you know over 70 percent of them aren't actually delivering um, financial plans to clients so so we think that there's you know definitely a need for that financial plan to be integrated um, into the technology that we provide and so um, we think that the the tighter we get that with the overall orion experience um, the more adoption financial advisors will will um, you know, will drive, you know, inside advisor. So we're pretty excited by that. And my guest is Joel Bruckenstein, founder of Technology Tools for Today Conferences. Hey, Joel. One of the things I thought uh, one of the, uh, the panelists said was Mike, Mike Ragunas from the CIO for Satera had a great comment. And this is a, a, a conference, very, you know, a lot of uh, vendors are here. Yes. And they need to listen to the advice from some of these CIOs. And Absolutely. One, Mike Ragunas said, if you're, uh, 
what I'm looking for is new technology that can fill in the gaps in our infrastructure, which reminds me of how uh, asset managers sell. They're looking for complementary investments for portfolios. You need to look for complementary technology for infrastructure. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, and I do think there are gaps, and I think there are actually some products and services here that can fill some of those gaps. So, for example, wealth care um, you know, is not core financial planning, but it supplements financial planning. It's about, um, you know, it's, it's about the intersection of health and wealth, and I think there's a lot of reasons that, that that's important, aside mm -hmm. from the obvious one of trying to take care of your clients. Um, there's also a monetary aspect to mm -hmm. it. If you have clients who start um, having diminished capacity, right. mental capacity, they can make big mistakes, right. and assets can dissipate, hurting the next generation. Mm -hmm. um, and legally, if you don't have the right paperwork in place, mm -hmm. you can't even talk to their relatives and tell them because yeah. of privacy laws. So there's a lot of work to be done in this area. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important work, and I don't think it's being addressed very well in the industry. Mm -hmm. Historically, um, advisors who want to get into the 401k space have been challenged because the technology is not integrated, mm -hmm. um, and quite frankly, it's manual and clunky in many <laughs> cases. Sure. Um, so, you know, we have... Uh, fiduciary Shield, which is a new product here. Right, it's really that a, was interesting. I'm glad it, I attended that, that that session. Yeah, so it's it's a turnkey 401k system mm -hmm. that covers everything from, you know, marketing right through to maintenance once mm -hmm. you've put the plan in place. Yeah. And it does a great job of documenting everything. So it, it helps shows you, you all the TPAs and all the record keepers in the area. That yep. It's fascinating. And it shows you all the ERISA plans by geography. And I think it's great cool. technology yeah. and I think that's the kind of thing that we need more of in this industry, things that really feel a need mm. and automate. Speaking of things we really need, tell me about this new idea you've got for the T3 Cyber University. Yeah, well, I talked to a number of vendors in the industry and other people who are prominent in the industry, and I said, you know, there's really a lack of knowledge about cyber within the industry, particularly in the independent mm. space. And quite frankly, there's a few vendors, I think, that are advertising themselves as full turnkey solutions mm -hmm. that are only one piece of the puzzle. And so a lot of advisors are making not well-informed, misinformed decisions mm -hmm. when they make purchases um, where they're trying to fill cyber gaps. Mm -hmm. And so I've set out to change that. Mm -hmm. And we're going we to... We are going to make a change. We are going to make a change. Good. And so starting on March 3rd mm -hmm. of 2020, we're going to hold the first ever independent university to educate mm -hmm. people in this industry about cyber. And That's we're great. calling it T3 Cyber University. We'll cover everything from how to talk to your employees about cyber risk, mm -hmm. how to talk to your clients, mm -hmm. how to evaluate vendors, mm -hmm. um, how to evaluate cyber insurance policies, mm -hmm. where the breaches are coming in the industry, where the claims are coming from on cyber policies, right. what claims are getting paid and what aren't. Oh, wow. And a lot more. So I That's think pretty comprehensive. it's going to be very comprehensive, and mm -hmm. we're in negotiations with the CFP board. We hope to be able to offer uh, CFP CE credit oh, for this, that'd and that will also be an industry first. Indeed. Do you see, so there will be CE credit, there'll be a, will there be a certificate? There will be a certificate as well of completion, so you can show it to the regulators mm -hmm. and say, you know, you have an education requirement. SEC requires sure. 
at least annual education on this topic, mm -hmm. this will more than fulfill that requirement. That's a great idea. I think that's something we definitely need. We do. More of in, in, in the industry. Hey everyone, it's Craig again. Just a few quick items before we go. If you like this episode, please give it a five-star review on iTunes. I would very much appreciate it. And remember to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about on this episode. For more information on wealth management technology, you can read my Wealth Management Today blog at wmtoday.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm looking forward to talking to you all again next week. <laughs>